0: You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Today's guest is Erica James, and she's a travel entrepreneur. She's a travel agent, blogger, YouTuber, and the host of the Erica James Travel Show, which is a podcast all about travel. She helps people live their best lives through travel by helping others travel safe, organized, and smart while still having, as she likes to say, the best time ever. So, Erica, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, I think for your specific scenario, what's going on in your life, how you're kind of living a double life, I think listeners. Will not only be inspired through like you're traveling, but also you're basically juggling so many hats right now, right? Like, what's what's so? What's your story? How did you even get from like college to then you know creating your own agency and now you know kind of like I said, living a double life for like your virtual assistants? You have like all this stuff
1: going around. So after I left college, I had one job and then another job where I am still to this day. I've been um, with my job. I think I think it'd be 22 years this year one day i just started doing some other things on my own like i started with event planning and i really like planning things and then um i got a different job at a leading beverage company so i got a different job so then i started doing travel for some of the executives there and then i thought to myself you know what i could possibly do um travel be a travel agent so i spent so much time researching and organizing and then I finally started my own travel agency. When you're first starting an agency um, or your own business, it takes time to get clients. So I wasn't really, really busy at the time. So over the years, my client base has grown a lot and a lot and it's gotten busier. Then I started adding extracurricular activities to it. Um, <laughs> Besides, you know, do only being a travel agent, then I started Instagram and social media is a whole nother full-time job. And then I added YouTube and then I added a blog, then I added a podcast, <laughs> all while having my full-time job.
0: <laughs> Clearly you have a lot on your plate. Somehow you still have your sanity. But so I, I want to break kind of your story down into itty-bitty pieces so listeners can like really get a feel for like, The struggles you overcame and also like the the blessings that also came your way as a result of like doing all these different things and being kind of multifaceted person. So did you go to school to be like in the hospitality industry or the travel agency thing just happened to like fall into
1: place? No. So I I went to school for marketing. Um, I originally, I was like, I'm going to make commercials. That's what I want to do. Then I changed my major, but it all stems around marketing. I love marketing and promotions and and things like that. So that's what I got my degree in. That's what I went to school in. And then years later, probably, I know it's got to be like a decade or so later, I thought about becoming a travel agent. So that's how that came to play. So for you to get the skill set to be a
0: travel agent, was that just you had traveled a lot and kind of learned a lot of ins and outs about what's constitute as like being safe? Like what's an organized itinerary, like all those things? Or was that, how did that even come to be?
1: So when I started the travel business, I had no experience whatsoever. So I had been the person who planned all of my friends' trips and all of my family's trips. I was the organizer, kept everybody on schedule and everybody on track. So I had planning experience, and then, you know, a few trips, corporate trips, business trips, and meetings and stuff like that. So that was, you know, a little bit of my background. So I learned the majority of my skills for being a travel agent right in the business where I was taking trainings every single evening. When I got off from my nine to five, I was on all kinds of trainings every night. And then I started traveling, you know, when you're, in the travel agent you get invited to different properties and there's always classes and conventions and I just threw myself into every possible training that could come my way every trip that came my way so that I could learn and um, that's why I started gaining all of my knowledge
0: was that just you found those events through like google searches or were they recommended by experts in the field
1: Yeah, they were recommended by experts in the field. So once you get into that travel business, then you're starting to get all types of information from cruise lines, um, resorts, airlines, all kinds of suppliers and vendors. Everybody wants you to sell their product. Everybody wants to give you training to help you so that you can, you know, bring business to them. So it's pretty much given to you.
0: Now, with these types of, I don't maybe not programs, but like I could see like a Disney cruise line or something. Is part of your business built around affiliate marketing with these types of cruises and things like that, or no? It's just like you know, you find what's best for your client based on their needs and go about it that way,
1: exactly. So, when you're in the travel business, it's really not like affiliate marketing because we get paid from those like cruise lines, airlines, resorts, we get paid once we book the vacation so that's an automatic but you want to go with whatever is best for your client because you also got to remember people have access to the internet and things like that so you definitely don't want to try to give your client something that they can find somewhere on the internet that may be cheaper or something like that so you want to definitely search for all kinds of packages and elements and things to be put together so that you can give your client the best possible deal the best vacation for their money.
0: Now with putting together these packages, what keeps a client to come back to you and use you versus them just doing research on their own? Like the the immediate thing that comes to mind is saving time. Is there anything else since you are connected to these different airlines and, and hotels and whatever else that you can get secret pricing or special packages because of your business that maybe someone who doesn't have a travel agency cannot access? Like almost like if you were like part of like a Costco, like wholesale thing, if you weren't part of the, the wholesale, you wouldn't get the deals only if you're part of it type of thing.
1: Right. And the same thing applies. And definitely time is the number one thing. There is so much information out there on the Internet. No one wants to sift through all of that information to try and find the best deal. When, you know, a travel agent we're you could tell me something that you want, we're immediately calculating in our head and narrowing down all the resorts or the cruise lines to best fit your needs. Not only that, you know, people spend a lot of time reading those TripAdvisor advisor reviews and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole. Oh, my God, right. You got a hundred <laughs> people who like the the place you're going and a hundred people who don't like it. And we're experts at that. We've been to a lot of places. We can give you, you know, an expert opinion on that. Not only that, there's extra value. We know those deals. I'm getting hundreds of emails every single day of somebody offering a deal. Here's a deal for your client. Here's a special we're going to have. We're going to have this special starting this day then this day. So I can tell you, hey, you may want to wait. There's going to be a deal coming up. I know this is what you want, but if you can wait a couple of days to book that, you'll get that deal. Not only that, we have relationships with the cruise lines, the resorts and things like that just like for example today i have someone going to jamaica next week and i in contact with the resort i have a relationship with them my client's coming it's her birthday let's have her room done you know we're gonna have a cake for her oh. so we're doing all of that working on all of that together because we have a mutual interest to make sure that client is happy on both ends so it's things like that there's extra benefits working with a travel agent I never thought about that. That seems really nice,
0: honestly. (laughs) But so how do you even, even from like, okay, let's take it from right from the travel agent perspective, but even for someone who's like in business or sales or whatever it is, like, you know, you have these relationships with the airlines, the cruises, the all of this. How does that even happen? Like, is it that you're just pitching them cold emails or because you are connected through people who are already in the industry? Like, how does that even happen? And if it's like some special formula, like, can you give some of the listeners maybe like a tip or two on how to send again the cold email or build connections?
1: Yeah, well, definitely on our end, it wouldn't be cold because um, we have a lot of business development managers, like your airline, your cruise line, everybody has like a business development manager that's assigned to your territory, like, um, like Tennessee. So I can reach out to my business development manager and you want to have, you want to build that relationship. You want to talk to them. You want to work with them, let them know about your business. You definitely want to let them know about your business, your marketing strategy, any kind of plans you have to grow your business as well as grow their business. When you're talking about growing that person's business, then they're more likely to you know, work with you. For example, I went to Planet Hollywood, brand new resort in February. I let my business development manager know I'm going to be there. I'm going to blog about it. It's going to be on YouTube. I'm going to do stories and, and then I'm going to do a podcast episode about it. So therefore they're like, okay, what can we do to help you? Because this is this is their um resort. They want business too. If they can help me, then you know I can help them. And so they're like, they're recorded a podcast episode for me they've provided me a whole bunch of resources and information for that. In return, now I have almost 50 people that will be staying at their resort in September just from that one visit and the marketing and stuff that I did. Wow. So, so now, so I have an even better relationship with them. And now I'm going to Punta Cana next weekend with that very business development manager. Wow. He reached out to me, like, I got another property I want to show you visit this other resort next week. So I leave next week, visit another resort. Hopefully it'll have the same results. So you have to form those relationships with people and it's, you know, you're serving them. They're serving you. It's a team effort.
0: Yeah. I had no idea that, you know, these cruises, airlines, hotels, they had business development managers. Like it makes sense. Right. But I'm, I'm a consumer. I'm not on the back end. So I'm thinking, right, I'm just calling customer service to like bitch because my airline, like my flight is delayed. Like that's the extent of my like contacting them other than the website to book a trip. So that's, it's pretty cool that that they
1: have that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They want to grow their business too. And they know that travel agents are the bulk of their business. And so if they're helping us, we're helping them.
0: So great to leverage each other. So when you started this whole agency and everything, like what came first? Was it the blogging and then the Instagram, then the YouTube, like what's the order of succession for you to kind of be where you are now?
1: The blog came first. I, I tried my hand at blogging, but I really didn't take it that seriously because i travel agent was first. So I started the blog and let it go for a few years. And then I brought it back. So once I started, um, you know, taking different classes and different webinars and seminars on blogging, then I started getting a little better at that. So so then the blogging, I got my groove on that. Of course, social media um, had Facebook first, and then I really started putting all my effort into Instagram. So the whole social media platforms all go together. So I would say my focus on that came second. And then um the YouTube, or the YouTube really started picking up the last two years. And then, you know, with the pandemic last year, all of my business was wiped away. So all the work I did in 2019 went down the drain because no one traveled in 2020. Everything was canceled. I made absolutely no money. No one was booking any trips. <laughs> So I, you know, I had to fill my time some way. So I don't know why I thought of starting a podcast during the middle of a pandemic, a travel <laughs> podcast in the middle of a pandemic, but I did. So that's how the travel podcast came last year. Kind of way of filling some of that time, getting my travel energy out of my system and then still staying relevant. So when travel came back, people will remember me and reach out.
0: That's awesome. I mean not so much about like COVID in 2020 like right. not going to plan but like the fact that regardless of all this a you found the silver lining in it b like you are where you are now and things are picking up and people are like I got to go got to go. Like I said before we got on this call you must be swarmed. Like yes. let, let's get into actually that. How how do you even manage running a full-time business and then you also have staff, right? Like your virtual assistants and all these people like I honestly am in awe and in shock and you were such an inspiration because when I tried to like do a smidget of what I was doing while I was working full time, I was like burnt out, like crazy. Like, how do you do it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I do get burnt out and hit a brick wall. Like when I woke up this morning, I'm telling you, I was sore from head to toe. I was like, I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I am literally exhausted um, because I was out of the office for four days doing a whole piece with the Nashville Convention Center, but that puts you all behind. But because I have those assistants, the virtual assistants, you know, my podcast still got out the door on Monday, even though, you know, I was completely hands-off. My blog went out the door yesterday, even though I was completely hands-off. But thank God for my virtual assistants because that's the only way I could keep up. You know, pre-pandemic, I didn't have a podcast and I wasn't going full speed ahead with my YouTube. So I could do my um, full-time job and then work at night on the travel business. But now, because I've added so many elements to it, I have to rely on my virtual assistants and I have two of them. And one does the blog and the podcast. The other one does all of the social media. She does all the posting and everything like that. Once a week, I sit down and I write up all my content at the pictures, something. She has to create the pictures and then we schedule it and she posts everything. She takes it from there, but I would not be able to survive without time blocking. And I'm going to tell you two things that <laughs> completely changed my life was the book, The One Thing. It's called The One Thing. Yeah. The One Thing. And it is by Keller. Also Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, that's such a great book. Yes. And Miracle Morning. Those- oh
0: my God. So Miracle Morning. Literally this morning, my brother's fiance like messaged me this. Like, she literally this morning was like texting me non She's like, I read this book. It's amazing. I'm highlighting it. Like, you have to get it. So, like now it's on like overnight delivery from Amazon. Like, that's next on my list.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so I'm the second person that has said it to you. So that and means now I like you need now I need life. to get it
0: together. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Those three books changed my entire life. And without those three books, I wouldn't be able to manage everything and stay on track because I schedule everything. Every moment of my day is a time block. And I work on something at every moment of the day. Now, with time blocking, like
0: literally everything, like go pee, like go eat, like take a break, like literally commute, like do
1: everything. Yeah, but this also helps, too, that, you know, since the pandemic with my corporate job, I've been at home for over a year. So that has helped me also manage my schedule and my time so I can schedule however I want to work. For for example, I did my travel agency work this morning. like, um, And I moved my corporate job. I'm going to work on that this evening because I just had to get some things done. So that allows me to be flexible. But yes, I, I do. I take a break. I take a ba- break from 12 to 1 every day, from 5 to 6. So everything is literally scheduled from like 5.15 to 9.30 p.m. Wow. So...
0: Sometimes when I'm doing time blocking, because I, I sort of implement it, but then what ends up happening is I almost get overwhelmed because all I see is like a color coordinated calendar that's like completely filled up and my brain is like, yeah. oh, holy crap, you have so much stuff versus like, oh my God, it's so nice and open and white and pretty. Like, how do you, like, should I maybe say, how do you manage the overwhelm with time blocking? And like, was it that first book that gave you the, like the seed or
1: like the actionable steps to take to like implement time blocking effectively? Um, I would say the one thing was the first book when it it kept saying focus on one thing at a time. You know, don't think about anything else. So then I started putting my time down, and I wrote down everything that needs to be done, and then I started assigning it to different days um, because I cannot work on the podcast every single day. So I only work on the podcast on Thursdays at a certain time. So everything's getting done on that Thursday for the podcast. Blogging is only on um, Mondays. So like literally everything. So like you record
0: on Thursday, you edit on Thursday, you post or like you go to upload on Thursday, do the, the, the description, like literally everything on Thursday. So Friday comes and you're like, I don't have to do a thing.
1: Well, that's what I used to do, but because I have because I have virtual assistants now, so there's four weeks in a month. So I may only record one Thursday out of that month. So I'm recording four to five episodes at one time. So on the other weeks, I am either researching the upcoming episodes, outlining it, getting it together, or scheduling interviews with other people. So on that one Thursday of the month, I'm recording everything.
0: That's so great that you just like, you just like do it all. And then you don't have to worry about because the recording itself is like, it's so awesome, but it's, it's time consuming too, right?
1: Right. And I was editing when I first started the podcast and that was taking me forever. I was like, I don't have this kind of time. So I do have a podcast editor. So once I record everything, um, even if I do an interview at the intro, at at the outro, and I send it to him, he edits it. He sends it back. Someone else does the show notes. And then I um, send everything to my virtual assistant. We have a set schedule. We have a whole master spreadsheet of what day every podcast is coming out. So she knows every task that needs to be done by what day. And it's out the door on that Monday of every week. Wow. Seems like a very well-oiled machine at this point. (laughs) Yes. Everything is timed and everything is planned. I'm a spreadsheet person. I have a million spreadsheets and schedules. (laughs)
0: I know you did say you love organization, so it makes complete sense.
1: Yeah, that's a good time for me, organization. So what is it about
0: organization, or maybe I should say what aspects of organization do you like a lot? Is it transforming from a digital perspective or a physical perspective or both?
1: I think, I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel good if I'm really organized. It's so so weird to say out loud, but if things are really organized, it makes me feel really good. I guess I feel in control. I feel like I've accomplished something. Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like myself, but at the same time too, if something doesn't go according to plan that, you know, I'm so structured and rigid that if something doesn't go to court to plan, I get flustered. I may, <laughs> have to, I may have to take a few minutes to step back. I may have to go sit down, maybe take 10 to 15 minutes, regroup, <laughs> gather myself, and then dive back in. So when things don't go according to plan, I kind of, um, it messes me up and it, it gets me off balance. So mm-hmm. that's the bad part about it. Now with, uh, you
0: know, the, the one thing, that book, and then also with time blocking, do you make time in your schedule to like specifically organize your files, your, you know, I don't know what it is, like maybe your desk folders, like specific things like that to keep you in check? Or is it just kind of at this point a natural flow?
1: yeah i do make time for that like saturdays are my administrative days so even when i'm booking clients i'm just book i'm just booking and i'm getting that out the door and that's it and then i i sit it to the side i have a whole thing you know, a whole little pile here. I send it to the side. And then on Saturdays, I go and do all of my data entry, you know, the paperwork, putting them in a file. So Saturdays are scheduled for administrative work. Um Monday through Friday, I'm just getting, I'm just getting the work done. Mm-hmm. And then to meet my clients' needs, any of the back paperwork, things that need to be filed or registered or anything like that, that's left for Saturdays. That's awesome and Sundays I plan the week ahead you yeah. know I take about 2 hour 1 to 2 hours on Sunday and plan my whole week for the upcoming week, and make all of my to do list and things like that for each category. A to do list for the blog, for the oh my God, You They're are like,
0: like hyper organized. <laughs> I mean, you did say you were organized, but I thought right. I was organized. Yeah. Holy crap! I need. I have a lot yeah. to learn
1: from you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I, I have to make the list because when you're working, a, I found that when I first started the travel business, working a full time job, like sometimes when I was working the full time job, if I booked some on my lunch hour or took a break to book something for a client, then sometimes I will forget where I was in the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I'm just getting it done, like at my full-time job, I put it to the side, I will get home. And then two days later, we're like, oh my God, I forgot I did this, I did that. Mm-hmm. so that made me realize I can't rely on my brain <laughs> I have to write everything down and make a list so if I dump it out of my brain onto a list and then like if i everything I need to do for the blog if I just put it down on the blog list, then on blog day, I can just pick up that list and just start working on it because it's too much for your brain to handle. Totally,
0: totally. So so
1: just for people who are listening for, as a takeaway, so essentially what you do is
0: you put a brain dump, you dump every single thing that's in your head that's on your to-do list that you have to do, regardless if it's business or personal, and then you kind of break it up into different categories. And then I, I wonder too, is there part of that list that you like, You star or something or like check, you know, whatever the the thing is that says, okay, these are all the things that I do. Which of these can I delegate? Or you already instinctually know at this point, which things your virtual assistant can take on or like, what's your process with that?
1: yeah i dump everything down and when it comes to um i do have a specific day of the week that i will go back through i keep a notebook it's titled all of my thoughts so <laughs> because i'm working my full time job and use am listening to podcasts while i'm working so i just write everything down mm-hmm. and um so i do have a day where i'll go back through that notebook and i will go through and say okay you know i'm going to i'm going to handle this on this day or no i'm going to get my assistant to do it and then I have time once a week that I sit down. We use monday.com. I sit down and I put everything into monday.com that's usually in that notebook and I'll either assign it to myself or one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have I, I think I do that. I can't remember what day, but it's like two hours I go through that book to make sure I didn't you know miss anything and start assigning it to um, to them or to myself. That's awesome. That's such a great strategy. Now, I actually have two
0: questions, but I'll start with this first one. So, how long did it take you in your business to develop all these like really fine-tuned systems? Cuz like again, it sounds like, you know, what systems you use, right? Monday.com, you got your spreadsheets, you got, you know, all this stuff, you got delegating going on. Were there a lot of like flops in the beginning? Were you like messing up? What's the, you know, behind the curtain, right? The like not so pretty part of business that happened in the beginning? And then what led you to here now through all those processes?
1: Yeah, definitely flops. I have tried a million things. And and that's one thing I would say. I keep trying. I pick up different tips from different people, different books, and I will try them. If it doesn't work for me, that's fine. No big deal. Throw it out the door. I'll try something else. I'll keep trying something until it um, works for me. For example, I have tried a million day planners, um, calendars. I can't, for some odd reason, I can't use a calendar. I've tried to spend so much money on that, but I don't beat myself up about that. I just keep trying. And then something is going to eventually stick and it's going to work. So there's been a million flops. And I would say 2019 and 2020, 2020 was the best year ever for me to get organized and um, developing a plan. So I tried a million things. And I would say 2020 was the year that things started falling into place. I started getting my stride and my rhythm and be able to get things done. Was there ever a time where you had knocked a certain strategy
0: or tool that someone had recommended only to like five years later, find out it actually was perfect for you in this exact moment? Just you weren't at a place where you could utilize it or no? no, I don't know if I've had that happen to me before. You ever read, like pick up a book, It's not really for you, put it down. And then it like happens to find you like years later. You're like, oh my God, I need this exactly right now. It's giving me exactly what I need and I'm going to run with it and read it. And it's like amazing.
1: Yeah, I would say um, the book that comes to mind to me is Take Back Your Life and it's a Microsoft book. So um, my job did a whole seminar on this. I know it had to be probably seven, eight years ago. I bought the book after I took the class. I thought it was so amazing but then I just never even gotten through it. But um, I would say that has also come back into play with me. Um, the book, Take Back Your Life, it's a Microsoft book. It teaches you how to read your emails, how to go through your emails. Like, for example, if it takes you more than two minutes to respond or to handle that email, then you need to schedule time to know that email. Go through all the emails that take you two minutes or less and take care of it. If you open it, take care of it. It teaches you how to file your emails and how to come back to them and to schedule that time to handle it. So um, I learned all of that years ago, but now it comes into play. And I use those kind of strategies from that book um, now in my life because, I mean, I get so many emails and and it also helps with time blocking too, that book, you know, so it all came back into play last year and I had that book, you know, five or six years ago.
0: That's an awesome strategy. I have to look into that. Cause yeah, there are some times where like you get hung up on an email and then all of a sudden you like lose like an hour and you're like, I didn't need to be like that. <laughs> like I could have been more productive with my time. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit just to go back to like your team and, and things like that. Another two parter question, but the first one is how did you find your virtual assistant, your podcast editor, like your, your team that you built out? And then number two, Was it difficult to find help? Like, did you have to go through like a couple of people to find the right person? Like, did you ever hire someone and it didn't work out and had to hire another person? Like, can you give the listeners kind of a glimpse on how that whole thing kind of came into play?
1: Yeah, definitely. I found my two virtual assistants and my podcast editor on upwork.com. That's where my podcast editor is from. He's great. I love him. Yeah, so I mean I found them on there, and my the guy who does my show notes is on Fiverr. Um, so I have gone back and forth with different people. And an, another book that helped me is Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker. So before I even hired them, I was reading this book. And um, so before I even got to that process, I was writing everything down that I did. And, um, what I had to do and what I could pass off. So I started preparing myself that way because I knew I needed to hire someone. And also I started recording everything that I did screen recording. Oh my like, God. That's I so smart. Yes. That's oh what my he God. Said. You're
0: blowing my, that is such a smart idea. Cause then like, not that yeah. you don't need training, but like. There is no shadowing because, like, I have a video, so you just like send it to someone. Girl, you are so smart. (laughs) I
1: can't take the credit. I'm telling you, Chris Ducker he he had all of this. So you know, so by the time I was ready to reach out there, so I did go to Upwork and I hired. He said hire more than one person and give them a project, and so you can see if you vibe, just do it as a project. So I did that. And one girl I did have to let go. I mean, she was giving me excuses off the front. She wasn't (laughs) making the debt. I was like, oh my God. And he did mention that. He was like, don't even go any further. If you're already getting a bad vibe and there's excuses on why they can't get things done, cut ties, don't even let it go further. So I did. And so I brought in someone else. And so that's how I, I decided to keep the two virtual assistants because, one had a strength in one area; the other one had strength in the other area. And so I thought, instead of having one person, you know, I can have them do what what they did best, right? And so that's how I kept the both of them. So smart. So that's how it. It started. Yeah. I'm literally buying this book
0: too after this call. (laughs) No, but it's funny too, because like I, I, this past week realized I need to hire up someone. Like even if it's one hour, two hours, three hours, like minimal, the whole point of, and I know you had said this when we had first spoken, like before this recording, that the point of doing this is right to like live a life that you create and it's on your terms and like get to a point where like you're actually enjoying yourself and like all the things, right? But if you're like hustle, hustle, hustle and like things are crazy, like what's the point of living this life? Because you were doing the same thing, but getting a constant paycheck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, this is like literally the icing on the cake. This is exactly (laughs) what I needed. I'm doing a ton of research after this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it just works out better than having them having them has made my life so much better i'm telling you um i mean i was working even i try now i don't even work on sundays at all that is truly my off day from both jobs and then saturdays is so much easier with doing my administrative work kind of a relaxing day just cleaning up what i did all week because i have both of them and you know like i said for example i was i was out of the office for 4 days touring and and visiting hotels and stuff like that. They were keeping my social media going, my podcast, my blog, because we're that many weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really affect. So, and I'm traveling all, all the month of June starting next week, but we're so far ahead, you know, things can keep running. And that is the key. That's the key. Batching is the key when you're having a podcast and a blog is, is being that far ahead. It makes things run a lot smoother. Can you get into batching? Is that different from time blocking? Yes, like I like I had mentioned about like um, one day of the podcast, I'm recording four or five episodes. Therefore, I'm not trying to record every single week because that will wear you out. So I've heard like Amy Porterfield and Pat Flynn, they all talk about batching. Even when it comes to YouTube, if I sketch out what I'm going to record, then I just sit down, I record, I may get up, change my shirt, sit down again, record the <laughs> next one and that's all done. So therefore I have one month already done. And like the podcast, we're, we're already through to the end of August. So everybody's working on those. So now I'm working on the next four episodes that, you know, I'll be recording, um, next Thursday. So you're not pounding the pavement every single week. Yeah. You do batching for like legit, everything like legit
0: everything was there a time before you were again in this groove you had the gears rolling where like you weren't batching it like what was that like if that was even a thing or did you do
1: batching right off the bat? for podcasting I did right off the bat because I had taken Pat Flynn's Power of Podcasting class so and he mentioned that and I had already been listening to podcasts and Amy Porterfield they talked about how that would give you time so for the podcast when I started it I was I started batching when I started my YouTube channel I was not batching at all and I wasn't consistent with putting out content And then Pat Flynn had this episode one time on the income stream talking about remove the friction. He had this whole day about removing the friction. He was like, if things are too hard for you, you're not going to do it. Like um, he mentioned, like even with my YouTube, if you got to set up all the equipment every single week, put everything up, and then you record one, you're doing this every week, you're less likely to put out a video every week if you got to do all this. He said, so find a spot, set everything up, and then batch, rec- mm-hmm. batch record. So once he said that, I was like, okay, that changes everything. So I found a spot in my office, set up the chair, the background, some flowers, the camera, the lights. It stays that way every day. So then when it's time to record, I just sit down and record change my shirt, record again, change
0: my shirt. <laughs> yeah. Honestly though, yeah. it's so simple, but it's, <laughs> I'm so grateful that you mentioned that because I'm at a point kind of where you were like, oh, I have to wear makeup again today. Cause I have to be in a call. Like I just <laughs> exactly. don't want to be in my pajamas, you know, but like podcasting and all these things are awesome, but like, it's not, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, this is super creative for me, but I wouldn't say it's my money-making zone of genius. Like I need mm-hmm. set time. Like, like sitting down at the computer, like with a cup of coffee and like listening to like tunes that jazz me up to then like come up with these awesome ideas or organize stuff yeah. versus like, I can't, if I try to do it in between recordings it's always a flop, I'm always like fried,
1: you know? Yeah, that's totally exactly how I am. That's why I was like, if I could do it all, like have one creative session, get it all written down, mapped out, and then only record on one day and get it all done, then it works easier. And I'm the same with the, with you about makeup. Like, oh my God, I got to put on makeup. <laughs> yeah. And even yeah. so, even sometimes, like even with my podcast, I'll do it. I know what the upcoming podcast is. So if I um, decide to go out on the weekend, if I put my makeup on and get dressed, sometimes I will go ahead and do record my Instagram stories for the upcoming podcast, because who knows if I'm going to have makeup on again. And I may say, hey, you know, this week's episode is about so-and-so, so-and-so. Check it out. Wow. Link in the bio. I may do that like four times before I walk out the door. Oh my God. Have you my were makeup like,
0: that day. Literally a genius. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah. I'm learning so much. Lazy. I'm like, I don't
1: want to do this.
0: There's nothing that's not being lazy. It's working smarter. That's what it is. So don't even, don't even go there. You cannot call it lazy because you're literally running two full-time businesses. Like props to you and you're traveling. That's another thing too. It's like, you know, if you're on the move, like you don't have your, everything that you have at home with you. So you have to be probably super selective with what you bring on your trip, obviously, other than like your phone and your charger and your laptop, maybe a couple of papers, but like, maybe you're incorrect in assuming, but I'm sure you're not bringing your full camera set with you when you go to these places or are you?
1: No, no. I, I record everything on my cell phone. I do have a professional camera, but I still haven't figured out how to use it. But <laughs> all of my YouTubers record recorded on my cell phone. All my pictures are taken on my cell phone. The things I travel with the most is my cell phone, my tripod, and my little remote control that goes to my cell phone so I can, you know, get all my pictures if I'm traveling. That has been, I bought one like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and it, dude, such
0: a simple, like inexpensive, like $5 purchase. And it's like, wow, this is a great angle. Like I can't, I'm sure that's why you get so many amazing photos. Cause I I was looking at the pictures you sent me. I'm like, wow, my God, she has like so many amazing photos and like all these like tropical locations. I wonder if she is like a travel photographer that comes with her, but
1: I've only done that once. I've only done the photographer once and it it costs so much money to get those pictures. And I was like, you know what? Not that I'm a good photographer, but my pictures work just as well with my tripod, my cell phone and my little clicker. And I can take a million, I take a million pictures And then I go through and delete all the ones that are not going to work. And that's so much easier, less expensive than a photographer that's going to charge me a lot of money, you know? Yeah, totally.
0: But either, I mean, they're coming out good because I thought they were like legit. You're doing a great job. So (laughs) keep doing, you know, (laughs) what you're doing. But of all the things that you do, what
1: is your most favorite and what's your least favorite? Um, out of all the things I do, like, um, you, you mean between the podcasting? Yeah, and I guess like just for it. like,
0: yeah, what is like your, your absolute favorite thing that like jazzes you up every time you do it? And what's the thing that like, it used to be your favorite thing. And now it's like, you know, you found things that like are more aligned to who you are and what you're doing and your purpose.
1: Yeah, I would say that being a travel agent is my absolute favorite thing to do. I absolutely love planning trips and putting trips together. I love teaching people about traveling and how to travel with my clients. I I love that. That is my absolute favorite. I would say my least favorite thing to do, and I don't even know why I still do it, but I'm probably going to say the blog has started to become my least favorite thing. (laughs) I guess because with the podcast, I feel like, okay, I can just talk about it. I don't need Mm -hmm. to write it anymore, you know? And so I would say that the blog is becoming my <laughs> least favorite. And it's the one thing that takes the back seat. if I get too busy and can't get everything done or I can't get content, good content to come out is the blog that's probably gonna take the hit first before anything else does. Yeah,
0: obviously like us talking right now, I can tell like you're a good conversationalist and obviously like I've listened to your podcast, like you're easy to talk to, right? Whenever you get in front of a computer to go to like type, it's like, I don't know what happens to my brain but it's like it's not the same thing. I don't know. Something's going on.
1: Yeah, it's not the same thing. Trying to write something, uh-uh, I can't. It takes me so long. So I think it's a struggle for me. So yeah, that's going to be the first thing to go and my least <laughs> favorite thing. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, same.
0: This has been awesome so far. One of the things that I like to ask my guests before, you know, we kind of wrap up everything is if you could give, you know, young Erica advice to your younger self, like what, what would that be?
1: I would probably tell myself to go for your dreams earlier and not wait that you don't have to live the life that you think society wants for you. You can live whatever life you want to live and it's going to be okay. And, and don't worry about the judgment.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. How long did it take you to realize that that like really sunk in for you? that that it was possible for you to like dream and have it at the same time?
1: Like today old, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I have, I think I spent, you know, the majority of my life doing what I thought what I had to do, like go to college, get a corporate job, make good money, buy a house, get married, have kids. I didn't, you know, don't have the kids yet. Um, Well, it's not, yeah, I'm not having any kids, but it was, I think it was after my divorce, that I realized that I could do whatever I want, you know, and my traveling picked up once I got divorced. Through my travels, I started finding myself, finding my voice, really coming into my own person and what I wanted to do in life and who I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And once I discovered who I wanted to be, I realized, you know, I'm done with trying to do all the right things and I just want to live my life not worry about other people's insecurities or not live for anybody else you know your parents always want you to um they want to make sure you're taken care of you can pay your bills and all of that and and I think my parents feel like having that corporate job is your cushion you talk to grow up and get yourself a good job yeah. <laughs> you know and they don't believe in entrepreneurship as a way to go. And I've changed my outlook and that's who I want to be. And that's, you know, what I'm in that exit strategy and I'm working towards. So I would tell my younger self, live the way you want to live. You'll figure it out. It's going to be fine. And people are going to be happy at the end of the day for you.
0: That's so great. I probably could have benefited from all
1: of the things that you just said as well. <laughs> yeah. I definitely could have benefited from it decades ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you're so funny. Well, anyway, this has been awesome to have you on. I am so excited to do all this research now and all these things that you told me to do. I'm sure the listeners will feel the same way. So thanks again for you know taking time out of your busy schedule to be on here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I love talking about those books and and um, life-changing <laughs> things and being organized. So you uh, made my day by having me on. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Thanks again. Thank you.